iHeartRadio's getting you in the mood. Yeah, that mood. Binge Sex.Life, Season 2 now. Join sexologist Morgan Penn and Hayley Sproul for a 10-episode journey into the most intimate sides of New Zealand. Morgan's putting her body on the line to find out what's going on inside and outside of the bedroom in Aotearoa. Season 2 of Sex.Life is out now. All thanks to our friends at Wild Secrets. Use the promo code Sex.Life for a 20% discount at wildsecrets.co.nz. Welcome into the Daily Agenda for Tuesday, the 2nd of May, 2023. The ACC's Daily Agenda podcast, powered by Musashi. Yeah, we are powered by Musashi, helping you stay ahead of the game uh, like G-Lane. Good morning, G-Lane. How are you? Oh, good, mate. I'm really good. Yeah, that's good. I'll tell you who else is going really good is this bloke. Final round, 66. Bogey free. Stephen Alker has gone back-to-back here at the Woodlands and has won the Insperity Invitational... And you know, this one's for Sam. Yeah, the Sam he's referring to there is uh, Steve Elka's caddy, Sam Workman, who passed away, sadly, uh, this year. Did you see all the guys in the crowd? Yeah. So this was played in his in Texas, where yep. he's from, and uh, all of his family and friends showed up in his local baseball team shirt and the orange shirts. Yeah, yeah. Was, was that the Houston Astros? No. Uh, Matt Heath to be able to tell you that. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was great to watch. He won himself $656,000 for that one. I'm loving keeping track of Steve Alka's resurgence, his resurrection in well, the second part of his career. Like, he hasn't changed. This, this is the thing. I mean, I, the senior PGA for me is, is an interesting proposition. It it's is, like, eh? It's like really milking the last drops out of a professional, you know. Like, they've got a big name, but they can't quite keep up in the PGA. Let's start a seniors PGA so people can just, like, age with them and yeah. watch with them. But the, Stephen Elkers, he's in great nick. Oh, he's killing it. He's also only 51, so you have to be 50 or over. Yeah. So this is his second year. Last year he won, I wrote it down, $7.44 million um, in his entire PGA and Corn Ferry Tour, which is the one under the PGA. Yeah. He won 2.3 mil over his whole career. So he is absolutely killing it. My question for you is, I've got, I got a couple of questions for you. First is, do you think if you just quit your job and dedicated your life to golf from now until the point where you turn 50 that you could get good enough to make it to that tour? No way, because that's only six <laughs> years away from me and it's going to take a hell of a lot more uh, than six years to get me anywhere near that. The, the second is, do you think that these guys are just like trying to cream it over the next couple of years before Phil Mickelson turns 50? He must be like 40. Uh, he is he's is 50. he 50? He's 50, oh, but he's so. good enough to be on the PGA. Yes. So, so it's like you get put out to pasture. Yeah. You get you get put out to pasture on the senior PGA. But he's that, still doing it. Yeah, he's still doing it. Well, you got Garrett, was it Gary Player who nearly made the yeah, cut? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he made the cut. It was like 80 years old. Yeah. Um, this is the equivalent for me. When Mills Millina was playing for the All Blacks, he wasn't much heavier than 85 kgs. <laughs> and at the time, I was playing under 85s. Yeah. And like, this is the equivalent of like him retiring from rugby and still being 86, 87, cutting down a little bit and coming up against Mills Millina in under 85s. <laughs> well, this, is, this is kind of, I'm not saying that because Elka, obviously, he's, he's 51, but he's yeah. obviously up against some good players. But what, what, a, what a dream run. He's oh, creaming it. It's incredible. It's so good to watch. It gives you, it gives you hope. Um, Brad Webb has also talked a bit about playing under 85s. He would easily be under 85, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah totally. Well, I think Damien McKenzie is close to under 85 as well. Like, imagine coming up against those two. First five, halfback combo. You, you Like the squids, the university squids <laughs> uh, coming up against those guys. Or like the bush pigs from uh, down in Dunedin. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, oh, come on, man. Are you shouldn't be? 
<laughs> I was at the pub till 2 a.m. last exactly. night. Exactly. This guy's vomiting. Yeah. This guy's taking a diuretic to cut uh, like yeah. half a kg. One of them's smoking a durry at half time, and now you've got all black first five fullback cover Damian McKenzie uh, turning out against you. So, yeah, I'm I'm loving watching Steve Elker. Really gives me hope. Yeah, also his son's his caddy now, which is pretty awesome. I know. Yeah. The, the, uh, <laughs> the clip he said he was like, I was really just happy to get my son on the bag. I was like, I don't know if you should be encouraging oh, that yeah, kind of behavior. You don't want that. On Friday, LOA found himself breaking up a fight between teammates Josh Schuster and Dean Madison, Ryan's younger brother, which took place at a team barbecue. Oh, it's the most violent thing I've ever seen. There was blood everywhere. No, you used to love that, wouldn't you? And the more people talk about it, the bigger it gets. They add GST like the ATO. That was Josh LOA, or as uh, Peter Volandis, head of uh, Australian Rugby League, calls him Oshay Ole. He can't pronounce Oshay his name. Ole. Uh, so Josh Schuster is a player for the Manly Sea Eagles. He uh, was supposed to be their star like standoff this mm. year, and he got sent down to reserve grade where he had a stoush with another player. Now, details, more details have emerged about this. Apparently the stoush came because he was chirping him about his haircut. And it was at a barbecue. It wasn't, it's not training, because usually training. a fight starts at training, but this is at a barbecue. Yeah, at a barbecue. Now... If you flip your page over, Lane, I've got a photo of the haircut in question. That's not a bad that's haircut. That's not a bad oh, That's my haircut. That's a great haircut. It's just a, what, it's just, just because he hasn't got a haircut that makes him look like a douche, it's a bad haircut? <laughs> I was picturing when, when they said, oh, this is the guy that he's chirping, I was thinking one of those mullet, mohawk, rat's tail situations. Yeah, or a, or a high ratty, a high ratty, plaited high ratty. There are some awful, awful haircuts going around the uh, NRL. Look, okay, what's happening here? I can see what's happening here, Manaya. Yeah. What's happening here is if you haven't got a stupid haircut, and you've got a normal haircut, you're being picked on here. You're being discriminated against. You're being discriminated against. against by having a short back and sides. Yeah. It's one of the dumber NRL scandals that I've heard in a while, <laughs> and I love it. And I think that one of the great things about the NRL is that these players have been professional athletes essentially since they were like 15 or 16. So I, I, love, I love rugby league, and I love the, the, the stuff that comes out of it, the fighting, yeah. uh, the bubblers, the bubblers, everything, the poodles, the poodle sex, everything. Yeah, yeah that's brilliant. Keep it coming. <laughs> Uh, Stephen Adams is unlikely to suit up for the Tall Blacks. Well, uh, surprise, surprise. I know. This this story comes out every year. Uh, he So we're playing in the World Cup, the FIBA World Cup. It kicks off in August. He's done his knee towards the back end of this season, the NBA season that is, and he's not going to have surgery. So they've said he's out till October. What did New Zealand basketball do to Stephen Adams? Well, they just, what did they do to him? I've read his book, and basically in there he's just said that they didn't help him out at all. They never selected him for any of the teams. They didn't like help out with any of the – they wanted him to go and play for their team, but they wouldn't help him with uh, fees or anything like that. And he was right. he's just like, you never threw me a bone when I was coming up. Now all of a sudden I'm in the NBA and you want me to drop yeah, everything right. and come back and play. Um, I've got a, a, quite a, a close friend, like a, a very good mate of mine who um, – you know, he's played a bit of international basketball. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him, Dirk Nowitzki. So he's. <laughs> so I talked to him the other uh, day. Oh, yeah, yeah. did you? I, yeah, yeah, I talked to him the other day okay. about this very situation. Would you love to see Stephen Adams uh, turning out for the Tall Blacks? Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, it's, it's always uh, the every person's decision uh, with, the, with family involved. And, uh, you know, everybody has to decide what's, what's best for their, for their career. Um, but maybe eventually he'll, uh, he'll play some, a few games. It'll be great for, for you guys. I mean, he's obviously, I mean, he's a beast. You yeah. know, he's, he's a great rebounder, great finisher in there. He's super tough. So, I mean, any team that he's on is, is, is better off. Yeah. That's a definition of kicking it to the curb there. From Dirk. 100%. He knew exactly what I was doing too. I really wanted <laughs> yeah. the sound grab of him going, oh, yeah, 100%. He should be playing for he the He should be Blacks. playing for the yeah, Tall Yeah, Blacks. but he just, he just never gave that. Just 
Spiral kicked it to the touch and yep. just went and moved on. What's best for your family? What's best for your family is, yeah. is a good one. Yeah, it was yeah. a great one. Uh, so the FIBA World Championships is going on, yeah, as I said, August. FIBA, uh, FIBA did you say? FIBA. Yep. I thought you said FEMA. I was like, FEMA no, would be good. FIBA. FIBA. Uh, so our coach is Pera Cameron. So he was in that yeah. team 2002. He was named to the tournament team when uh, Dirk Nowitzki actually took the bronze medal off us. I interviewed him in a, in a past life, and uh, he said he's such a crack-up dude. He walked into the stadium where they were playing. I think it was wherever it was. I think it was in Japan. Um, and he walked in. He's like, good God, that's the highest ceiling that I've ever seen. This is in the 2002 FIBA yeah. World Champs. And so he said, someone, someone throw me a basketball. As soon as he caught it, he tried to punt it into the rafters of the stadium. <laughs> Couldn't quite do it. But him and Dylan Boucher were standing there just punting balls into the ceiling. There'd be like NBA scouts there. They'd yeah. be, and they'd be looking down and goes, what team's that? And they're like, Kiwis. Who the hell's this guy? Are they playing rugby? Is he wearing jandals? What the hell? <laughs> Flip flops. Um, and then he ended up getting named to the team tournament uh, tournament team. So here we go. Uh, yeah. It's a real handful for Grosjean. There's going to be a new race leader. His name is Scott McLaughlin. Scott McLaughlin wins at Baba Motorsports Park and makes it four different winners. You boy. Yeah, Scott you McLaughlin, boy. give him a taste of Kiwi. He's won over there in, uh, in Alabama as well, gone over there and take, taken the title off the Americans. I don't think – I mean, IndyCar is, is still massive. It's way bigger than Formula One in America, way yeah, bigger than Formula sure. One. I mean, Formula One's getting there with the drive to survive and all that. But New Zealand, we've got three drivers in that competition, yeah. in that IndyCar. You've got Scott Dixon, who's won it six times now, maybe six or seven times. Sure. And Marcus Armstrong, the, the youngster, um, he's racing. So we've got three Kiwis in there. Obviously, Scott McGawkins won this one. It's, yep. a quite a, it's, it's a pretty big goddamn deal. I know. We don't, we don't really get on board with this kind of thing. But yes, uh, Dixon and Armstrong came seventh and 11th, respectively. But for me, Lane, it was um, the three-stop strategy. You know, oh, was it? Yeah, some of his leading rivals were going on the old two-stop. Yeah, right. Um, but he played a bit of a game of patience to overtake his French rival, Romain Grosjean. Oh, Grosjean used to, be, he used to be in the Formula 1, didn't he? <clears throat> Grosjean. 18 laps held on for a Christian. Yeah, so it was the three-stop It was the three stop for me. Daring, but yeah. um, I've always been a fan of the hey, three-stop. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the uh, Indy 500, and um, we're going to have three chances in that with, these, uh, with, with Scotty, old Army. And old Mecca. Yeah, should be good. All right, that's all the time we've got this morning on a Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow morning on Wednesday. Don't forget, if you want to get shredded out of your mind, you can text <laughs> yeah. shred to 3236. Massive prize packs, all thanks to Musashi, uh, supporting your goals to fuel, recover, bulk, or get shredded out of your mind. We'll see you tomorrow. 